0: I love gospel music. For me, it's not just pleasing to hear or feel, it actually moves me. I cannot sit still or stay silent when I hear music from black churches. And I don't know that this is genetic, because I know plenty of black folks who don't resonate with gospel, and I certainly didn't grow up in the black church, per se. But for me, it's not just that it's nice to hear, something in the cadence and rhythm actually lodges in my heart and transports me to some place very, very deep. And I wanted to start with this reflection because I think there is a lot of shame in spiritual communities that don't have this same affinity for gospel music when they are asked to try to include or emulate that feeling. I think people get self-conscious about rhythm and doing the right thing and possibly either being seen to mock or mimic those who connect with the gospel experience or they are worried that they will make a fool of themselves. There's no shame And this is fascinating because there was a time in the last century when gospel music was considered by non-black communities as more than just quaint, but simplistic and wholly uncouth. It was considered a reflection of a primitive African-American religiosity as something less civilized than white Protestant religious expression. What is more, for some, this kind of ecstatic expression was seen as a sign that it was legitimate to question whether or not black folks even had souls to begin with. It is highly ironic that the music that would come out of the fusion of gospel and jazz would then be called soul. Soul music is unashamed, and unencumbered, but it is not simplistic. The rhythms and syncopations, the harmonies and music structures are nothing less than symphonic. Soul music is polytonal, polyrhythmic, and calls on the most highly developed musical skills in Western music. But then again, its structures and underlying musicality predates Western music and is not limited to Western musical scales, time signatures, or rules. Soul music and all of its relatives and ancestors are so much more. Just like black folks, we are all of our relatives and ancestors and so much more. Just as soul comes from black folks, black folks Come from soul, black folks have soul. Indeed, black folks have souls. I want to share a bit of W.E.B. Du Bois's 1903 book, The Souls of Black Folk, with you. At times it reads like poetry, other times it is pure scholarly writing, and at other times it sings like a manifesto. I invite you to hear more than the gross injustice that he reflects on in his times, a time just on the heels of Reconstruction and still in the thick of Jim Crow. As you receive these words, I invite you to hear and understand black humanity that cannot be reduced to something as simple as racial justice. Du Bois reflects how black humanity is faith and love AND ALL ASPECTS OF WHAT IT MEANS TO BE WHOLE AND HUMAN. HEAR THE SOULS OF BLACK FOLK IN THESE WORDS. THE NATION HAS NOT YET FOUND PEACE FROM ITS SINS. THE freedman HAS NOT YET FOUND IN FREEDOM HIS PROMISED LAND. Whatever of good may have come in these, di- these years of change, the shadow of a deep disappointment rests upon the Negro people, a disappointment all the more bitter, because the unattained ideal was unbounded, save by the simple ignorance of a lowly people. In the book he also states, It is a peculiar sensation This double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. One ever feels his two-ness, an American, a Negro. Two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals in one dark body whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. The history of the American Negro is the history of this strife, he says. This longing to attain self-conscious manhood, to merge his double self into a better and truer self. In this merging, he wishes neither of the other selves to be lost. He would not Africanize America, for America has too much to teach the world and Africa. He would not bleach his Negro soul in a flood of white Americanism, for he knows that Negro blood has a message for the world. He simply wishes to make it possible for a man to be both Negro and an American without being cursed and spit upon by his fellows, without having the doors of opportunity closed roughly in his face. I encourage you all to read this book. And I'm sure that different people hear these words differently. Some may hear them as thrilling, as a thrilling declaration even, and others may hear them as a threat. For me, Du Bois' words here and through all of his writing make one simple statement Black people are whole human beings. Black people have souls. To us today, this is a foregone conclusion. But in Du Bois' time, he lived just after the Civil War in 1868 until the height of the Civil Rights Crisis in 1963. This was not always the predominant understanding. Du Bois was born the child of free blacks in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and orphaned by the age of 10. But the society he grew up in was uniquely tolerant and encouraging. He was supported by his maternal grandparents and his local congregational church. Eventually attending Fisk University, the University of Berlin, and Harvard University where he was the first African-American to earn a PhD. Du Bois scholarly gifts were apparent early on. In addition to his defiant yet thoughtful writing, he was a founding member of the NAACP and continued to fight for black empowerment until his death in Ghana where he had recently become a naturalized citizen in 1963. In contrast to his academic and scholarly rise, one of the most telling backdrops of Du Bois' early work and life is the prevalence of lynching in the United States. His early work focused on this. And although the practice certainly included whites and other non-blacks, the statistics bear out that 72% of the lynchings that occurred between the 1880s and the 1960s were of black people. Du Bois was a fierce critic of lynching, using the NAACP magazine, The Crisis, which he had founded, to publicize the horrors of the practice and to lobby the government to create anti-lynching legislation. We still don't have anti-lynching legislation and black people still have souls. It seems so often that the question comes down to that one word, soul. Du Bois was a free thinker by his own words, and he had great disdain for organized religion of any kind through much of his life, even though he recognized the power of sustenance that the black church had provided for African-Americans. At the same time, I get a sense of deep commitment to exploring the idea of what it means or could mean to have a soul throughout all of his work. So what is soul? What is a soul? Is it as simple as being able to keep time with the music? Or is there more? Is it just a word? Is it an action? How did we get to this place where soul in music is something we reward and soul in spirit is something we are suspicious of? How are these two uses of the word related? The entire Catholic project is built around the destination of an immortal soul. Certain evangelical Christians build their entire style and focus of worship and community around what it means to save souls. And I'm sure there are those in this room who have been deeply disturbed and even hurt over the years by this word. There have been great violent tragedies, terrorism, and genocide, completed in the name of this one word. It strikes me that even if one does not believe in the idea of having a soul, it is well worth considering the impact that the concept of the word soul has had, particularly in relationship to black history in America, and how despite the difference between having a soul and having soul in spoken language, They're actually most intimately related. I point us toward how we could go from a culture that assumed blacks and Indians had no soul to the point where literally billions of dollars in entertainment and beauty products were being generated by the word soul, directly in relationship to non-whiteness. Is it just that the word soul has been turned into another victim of extractive industry? What if soul is real? What if we do have souls? And what if it's not just as simple as we exist and in the now moment and then we die, we're done. What if a soul is real? We might learn to reorient ourselves to the word as we consider the following. Could it be that the soul is something completely different than what we have learned to accept it to be or rejected it as? What if the soul is not some fire and brimstone, disembodied, glowing entity as we see in medieval art, but instead the human soul is Our expressive and conscious relationship with our being. Imagine, as well, if being human means that we can't know exactly what the soul is. Rather, we can only know that the soul is. What if soul is the question of existing? What if soul can only exist somewhere in between the living and the dead, the conscious and unconscious, the joyful and the grieving? What if part of both having soul and having a soul is not having an answer? As we close out Black History Month, I'm aware that we have so much to learn from the African-American experience in this journey from kidnapped and trapped human beings for European profit and pleasure to President of the United States. It is a journey that is unique in the human experience and it reveals so much about what it means to exist and navigate our humanity. W.E.B. Du Bois captured so much of this expansiveness of lived experience in his work and in the work he inspired in others. Most every modern African-American scholar owes Du Bois some kind of debt of gratitude for making it clear that the black intellectual was not just intellectual, but spiritual, visceral, emotional, and full to overflowing with soul. Could it be that the very idea of soul, or a soul, is embodied in the African response to colonized blackness? Could it be that the expression of human resilience and wrenching pain, ecstatic joy, defiant mockery, peaceful meditation, dance, and stillness are captured in what we call soul? Could it be that we are embarrassed by the demonstration in gospel music because it reflects so clearly the complexity of the human soul? Maybe the souls of black folk are the mirror this world longs for in order to be truly whole. May it be so.